Welcome to the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour, bringing you honest talk, even when it bites. Now on 77 WABC, here are your hosts, Alex Alexanian and Brenda Bush. Welcome, welcome, welcome on another cold, freezing New York City morning. Oh my God, Brenda, what a week we've had in terms of this weather in this morning, town, folks. huh? Yeah. Wow. I mean, it just keeps getting worse to worst to worst. Is that possible? No, that's not possible. I don't think that's possible, but uh, I think Chicago got it even worse. Well, today is um, today is Super Bowl Sunday, and we're all excited about the game, the game, and we're all going to be watching the game. But we have topics even more important than Super Bowl Sunday. I really believe in that. You know that? We're talking about dogfighting today. Yeah. Uh, one of the most heart-wrenching, disturbing, really, I mean. Uh, 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 I have to say, of all the shows we've done so far, this has been, the research on this one has was, was the most heartbreaking. Oh, my God. It and, really and, was. And the more I read about it, the more Brenda you know, brought me up to speed on some of this stuff. I just, it just kind of like somebody walks up to you and punches you in the stomach and then goes away and comes back. Then you read another paragraph and he punches you in the stomach again and walks away and and you know you're trying to just wake up from it, and uh, and then you get punched again, you know. And uh, well, and, and to try to try to figure out how you know such a, such a deep dark side can lurk in our society, and you know, so we're going to be talking about that today. I mean, every you know, everybody who's listening to this show, I'm sure, agrees it's vile and it's cruel, it's illegal, but it's it is uh, it, quite popular across the country, and uh, we're going to be talking to some folks who are expert in in dog fighting and. No, we're actually, we're actually going to have somebody on that was a dogfighter, so we have a jam-packed show. But if you'd like to call us um, at the dog, Dogs in Danger radio hour, it's at, we're at 1-800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-WABC. Give us a call. Have you ever been involved in dogfighting? Do you know someone that was ever involved in Have you ever seen a dogfight? We want to hear from you. You don't have to identify yourself. You don't have to say anything. You don't even have to use You can use a pseudonym or no name at all. But give us a call and tell us, have you been involved in it? Do you know someone? Inform us. Educate us. Educate the public. 800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-WABC. And today's topic is dog fighting. No, not the Super Bowl. And, of course, when you talk about Super Bowl and— <laughs> Unless you're talking about uh, the Eagles, and, of course, they're not, not in today. But. Well, you know, obviously, if you talk about football and dog fighting in the same breath, you end up talking about Mr. Michael, Michael Vick, Vick, of course, and um, we we do not have Michael Vick on. We did make a reach, we made an attempt to reach a Michael minimal Vick, reach, yeah. and um, and we didn't. We're unsuccessful. He did not want to come on the show. When we understand why he did not want to come on the show, but we do have someone else that's joining us a little bit later on. That's going to be talking about this uh, the subject from a uh, first person perspective. But just a couple of facts I wanted to read. Uh, about dogfighting, first of all, so that sort of people get up to speed on what this subject is. First of all, it's a felony in all 50 states, okay, all 50 states. And if you're convicted of dogfighting in the U.S., you face up to five years in prison and a possible $250,000 fine. Did you hear that? Yeah. Well, you know what? Huh? In, in, the wager in some of these um, dogfights is a lot more than that. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about the distinction between the professional commercial fighters versus the uh, street fighters, but there's big money involved in some of these uh, operations, such as the one that uh, Michael Vick was running. Yeah, absolutely. And let's let's move on to a second point. The problem with the authorities tracking down, this, they, they have tremendous difficulty in tracking down these secretive organized networks or the individuals involved in street fights. They're, they're, I mean, people go out of their way 
to keep this a secret, obviously, with a $250,000 fine, keep it out of the eye of the, of the authorities. And that's one of the reasons why it's so hard to catch it. Right. But obviously, people really want to do this. I mean, you know, they're going well, through all of these Well, a certain element trouble. of society really wants to do it, so. Yeah, and, and the question, you know, that's, you know, it's sort of begs to be asked is why are people doing it, you know? Um, and from what I'm seeing is there's big money involved. I mean, like huge money. If you have $100,000, $100,000 bet on two grand champion dogs that are fighting, someone is going to win big and someone is going to lose big. So we're talking about huge dollars involved. You're not, you know, you're not just talking about the blood sport part of it. As much as a hundred thousand dollars can be at stake on these and games, I, up to I've read up to a million dollars. That's what the HSU. A million dollars. Yeah. We're going to have someone I mean, on joining us shortly from HSUS who's going to talk about that. That's the Humane Society. Yes. Of, of the United States. Sorry, we all speak in these anacronyms. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, obviously, financial gain is one part. But, you know, I still don't get it. That's why I want to speak to our second guest today um, about why people do this. Because um, it's not just a financial game. Because the financial game is in Vegas, too. If you really want to do this thing, you well, know, I mean, you, you is, want to I bet mean, a million bucks on There's professional, you know, it's professional gambling of, of a, a brutal, brutal, uh, you know, type. And um, they say that these, uh, these dog fights can last anywhere from 20 minutes up to 10 hours. I just can't believe that, right? I mean, uh, uh, depend. You know, until it, one dog either dies or becomes too weak to go. But without a question, dog fighting is not about the money, in my opinion. Okay, because if you're just into gambling, you know, you can you can do with poker. You can go to Vegas and put on black and you know on, on red on roulette. I mean, there's a million ways to gamble your money. Okay, uh, there's more to this story than just the money aspect of it. And if I think if we focus on just the money aspect of it. Then we've made a major, major. No, mistake. but you can't discount that. that. That's part of the incentive that's going on here. So um, now we, uh, where's I don't know. We have a guest uh, from HSUS, Jeff Jenkins, that was supposed to have joined us at the top of the hour, and uh, unfortunately, me. we did not get the phone call in from him. So we're a bit disappointed. I'm sure he's coming. I'm sure he's coming. Well, it's, uh, he's across, not going to be going on across the, air. the country. I think we have some we have some time zone uh, time zone issues. Um, I think. Um, well, we also have a dogs in danger. Uh, actually, an HSUS dog fighting PSA, which we're going to try to fit in. Um, I, I think that yeah, I think that hour. that PSA that HSUS has been running because they're very very involved. The Humane Society of the United States is very involved in com- combating um, this. Yeah, they've this really taken plague. on this issue. In, yeah, in, and they have several end dog fighting campaigns going on across the country. And um, so let's let's roll let's roll that PSA so people can hear what HSUS is all up to. Michael Vick's guilty plea didn't solve the problem of dogfighting in America, but it has put a spotlight on a blood sport that happens more often than you think. More than a quarter of a million dogs are forced into this senseless and barbaric industry. I'm Wayne Paselli, President and CEO of the Humane Society of the United States. Please join our 10 million members in the campaign to wipe out dogfighting in America. If you've been repulsed by the video clips you've seen in the news, if you're disgusted by the cruelty, and if you think blood sports have no place in our communities, then take an active role now. The Humane Society of the United States is offering a $5,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of any person involved in illegal animal fighting. Visit us at humanesociety.org and learn how you can help law enforcement officials crack down on this crime. Let us hear from you. Help us protect these animals from cruel and inhumane treatment. A message from the Humane Society of the United States. Visit us at humanesociety.org. Wow. Wow. Is that is that a spot that goes right to your heart? Yeah. And hopefully yeah. we're going to get some of these guests to tell us, you know, just how prevalent this issue is in the New York City area. 
Um, and uh, if there's anyone out there that uh, wants to talk about dogfighting today, 1-800-848-WABC. On yeah, the so the Humane Society is offering basically $5,000 for anyone right. that can that can basically bring information that will lead to uh, the arrest of dogfighting. Right. So, I mean, and also let's remember that uh, Michael Vick that they mentioned in, in, in the ad is now a redeemed, obviously, dogfighter. Let's and not he's call it working. redemption. Let's just call it a comeback, right? Well, he's on the comeback trail, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. both both professionally as well as spiritually, shall we say. And uh, he's working with HSUS. He's absolutely working with he's HSUS. He's become a spokesman. Yeah, he's, he, he's, become a, he's become a spokesperson for, for HSUS. Uh, we are going to take uh, Anthony Pickett is on the line with us, and he is an absolutely fascinating gentleman that we want to talk to about. We're going to talk to him. He was a former dogfighter that now has been redeemed. We can say that, I think, for yeah. Anthony. But we'll come back with Anthony right after this quick break. I'm Brenda Bush, co-founder of Dogs in Danger. For those of us who live with these special creatures, we understand that they're so much more than just dogs. They're faithful companions to the end. They remind us every day that life is precious and brief, full of fleeting joys and missed opportunities. Each year in this country, millions of homeless dogs are killed in shelters. There is a better way, and Dogs in Danger is working to get us there. It's the last chance for these dogs. Dogs in Danger makes it personal, with names and faces of dogs on death row, and brings us all face-to-face with a painful reality. More than 45,000 dogs have been saved with the assistance of Dogs in Danger, but we still have a long way to go. So please, open your heart and wallet to one of the thousands of dogs waiting for a second chance at life. Visit dogsindanger.com and click Donate to help us stop the needless killing of our best friends. Do it now before they run out of time. Well, let's go right to our guest, our first guest, uh, actually, at this point, uh, Anthony Pickett. Anthony, are you with us? Yes, sir. Hi, Anthony. How are you this morning? I'm fine, you. Uh, terrific, terrific. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us. I'm going to go right into our first and key question. You were once a dogfighter, am I correct? Yes, you are. All right, tell me something about this. Tell me how and why you got into this. Into the dogfighting thing or to... Yeah, into um, the dogfighting business, yeah. Well, it was really a, a pretty precious thing because I was known in the neighborhood for one, always having some good-looking dogs or some of the biggest, baddest, smartest dogs. And my thing wasn't to fight them in the beginning. It was just a the show dog for me, just to walk down the neighborhood. I'm a little guy, so having a big, mean-looking dog helped me, helped my image. Wait, wait, wait. You said you're a little, you're a little guy. How, how tall are you? I'm 5'2". Okay, so you, you you were just using the dogs basically to sort of help your image out. Yeah, just help my image. Okay, and then, and then what happened? Tough guy status. Uh, I was challenged. Every time someone see me with a dog, they were challenging me to put my dog in the ring. i like, nah, he can't fight. And I was challenged, yeah, he looked like he can fight. Okay, I think he can. Let's do it. And once I had my first fight, um, the dog won. And it kind of gave me a um, adrenaline rush. Although, that, to me, that's a cowardly move that you put someone else in the ring and fight your fight. But I didn't see it that way. I just said that, okay, I got a good dog, I can fight, make a little money, let's do this. And um, how, how much money, Anthony? At the time, it was, I was early, late late 80s, early 90s, probably um, um, $150, $200. Wow. Not now, much money at all. Not, well. much, not much at all. Now, how long were you were you in it before you saw the light? Uh, before I saw, um, changed no. my mind about it. Probably ten years. Probably ten years. All right. So let me ask you this: the the first dog that you talked about, one that you took in there, and you kind of said, "Ah, man, let him let him fight." Um, did he did he at some point lose? No, first dog. No, he he won. That's what made me. 
poke my chest out. He won my fight, even though it was his fight. Right, and then did he? Did you fight him again and again and again? Yeah, I fought him again. Um, probably uh, two days later, fought, fought him again for bigger bucks. Uh, did he? Which is still no much money. Not, right. not much money to put a dog life in danger. Right, and at, at, did he at some point lose? No, he didn't lose. He he he, he won the fight, but he had a he came out terrible. I mean. Uh, one of his ears was hanging off, and had, his jaw was fractured pretty bad. It was he came out really, really bad. Even the winners take terrible beatings, right? Yeah, even the winners are losers. I mean, they come out. You have to carry some of them out, but you know, as long as they come out walking, it's okay. Or they come out still breathing, it's okay. One of the dogs has to die, right? That's how it works. Yeah. Okay. So, did the dog? Did your dog ever die? Yeah, I had dogs die. I had dogs be killed. I mean, in the ring, I have dogs when you you. We come to the point where we kill them ourselves after you, you know, if they lose, I don't need this dog anymore. You don't want to be walking out with this dog. You feel like he's not worth treating anymore. We can't win a fight. So let me ask you this then. The bottom line on why people do it, uh, get into it, um, is it because of the money or is it because of the rush? Uh, I say it's the rush. It's the rush more than the money? The rush, yeah, because you think you, I mean, you... Some guys, I mean, to me, you let somebody, you, you win a fight, but if you can't get in the dream winning fight, you put some, somebody else to win your fight, it's a, it's, a feel, it's the same feeling, but it's not the same thing. But if you look, it feels like, you okay, we won. You didn't win, he won. He won, of course. Or he lost, or, I mean, everybody lost, maybe, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. What made you stop? What made me stop, I had this, I had twin girls at the time. They were born in 1999, uh, and they, um, had this dog I called a white boy. He was all white with one black patch on his rear end. And um, I took him, I, I walked him down to you. I, it wasn't an attempt to fight him. I walked him because I was just bringing him out. He was a big uh, American bull. He, you know, average, average pit bulls are like, they're, they're short, but this dog was tall and muscular. And I walked down the street with him. Everybody, wow, man, that's a new dog. I'm like, no, it's my, my baby's dog. They're like, oh, come on, man, we got some stuff going on in the building. We had a bandit building where we, we fought dogs in. And I had 13 dogs at home. And this dog wow. was not one of my fighting dogs. So I brought him out just, mm -hmm. to, just to bring him out. He's one of my new dogs. And um, the guy that challenged me, and I ended up fighting the dog. The dog won. He was a, probably, you know, a two-minute fight is a long fight. But they if they could fight 10 minutes, I mean, um, five minutes, that's a long fight. This dog lasted all of, all of 15 seconds, seemed like he, he, he mauled this dog. But he came out bloody. His um, his, one, his front paw would, would beat up real bad, and he had a, a plug in his side, a gash in his side. And I brought him home. I had to bring him. Matter of fact, I didn't bring him home. I took him to my mother's house. He was bloody. He was he was limping, and I thought, oh, wow, I can't get dog home with my girl. So I'm they young. They was nine. They was they was um ninety. They born in ninety nine. They were maybe a year old at the time. Year old. They were probably two thousand a year old. And they asked where they were with their pup. They were looking for their pup. You're right. And and I couldn't. I hid him for maybe, maybe two months. I had to hide this dog. And it, it made me feel so bad for my kids to keep acting for the dog. It took maybe two, three months to get this guy back to looking normal. Well, he was never normal because those scars, right. they, they, they healed up, but the, the hair don't grow back all the same. Of course not. And when I finally got this dog back home, the guy, the girl seen the dog, and they still like, Daddy, this is this white boy? Dude, I could tell he was the same, but they, they could sell something with different, you know, kids. And um, it broke my heart for my kids. We have to have the dog for my kids. I gave it up right then and there. So your kids did it to you? Yeah, my kids did. That was it. Nothing else worked until until your kids said to you, this this dog, this yeah. looks. Sad to say nothing else worked because it, 
seen a dog like that should have worked. Well, wow. how do you explain to your children that you know so, some family member that you know that that, that they've taken in as their family, even their little? You know, are you afraid not? Can how do you explain that? Well, yeah. How much money? How much money did you make at the the, the biggest pot that you ever made? What, how much was it? Five thousand dollars. And how much is the biggest money you saw anybody make ever in dog uh, fighting? Maybe maybe over fifty thousand. I mean, you got guys throw ten thousand dollars in a fight, uh, or even on side bets. Guys that don't even have a dog in there throwing ten thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars, five thousand dollars on the fight. The most I've won on one dog was five thousand. I may have. I may have. I may have grossed maybe, maybe um, ten thousand, twelve thousand, the whole, whole thing. And that's not no, that's no type of money. That's no money for a dog life. That's no, no money, right? It gets real no. big. It gets real no. big. So yeah, it gets real big. When there's wait, wait, a, when there's a dog fight, is there always an audience? I mean, is there some people watching, or I mean, or is it just the sometimes it's just the two guys fighting with their dogs? Well, always audience. It's so packed in there, you can't even. It is eat. packed, huh? It's packed. Jam packed like like Super Bowl. <laughs> how many people? How many people in there usually when it's packed like that? Probably small basement. Probably over over forty people. Over fifty. Over it's fifty packed, people. Yeah, packed around, jumping up and down, standing on each other's shoulders. You have little kids that are over eight years old looking in there, looking between legs to watch these fight. So there's no rules about not bringing in kids. You can you can no bring rules. a kid. You no rules at all, right? No rules at all. And and what is it? Is it people's homes that it's it, it happens in? Some people home to do it in the basement, and some mostly abandoned buildings, in the backyard, abandoned backyard where no one lives. You go in this backyard, you make your location. Outside. When you say in the backyard, it happens outside. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. it happens outside in the backyard. In the backyard, yeah. of old abandoned buildings. And even with all the screaming and the dog noises and people screaming, nobody, uh, nobody calls the cops, huh? Nobody calls the dog. It, it, it happened in the backyard in the garage. It, it was back with my my um. My colleague, Sean Moore, he he had a fight. I didn't know him at the time, but he told me a story. He had a fight with the dog. He was young. He walked down the street. The police the police um, pulled beside him and said, um, hey, did he win? The police uh, did? Yeah, the police pulled beside him back. Did he win? He's like, yeah, he won. Okay, good dog. Wow. That, made, that gave him the incentive. Okay, this is a good thing. We didn't realize it was really wrong because we had so many people cheering us on. And the police were still walking down the street, bloody dog. They didn't pay attention until the Michael Vick thing came along. Although this thing been going on way before Michael Vick. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. That just brought a lot of attention to it. Yeah, brought a lot of attention to it. At the same time, I compared with the um, O.J. Simpson thing. Women have been getting abused for years. Right. O.J. Simpson brought it to the light. Right, right, right. Let me ask you this question, Anthony. Do the dog fighters love their dogs? Yeah, they love the dog. I love my dog, but this is crazy love. How can you love something hurting them at the same time, but... It's a crazy love because I really didn't realize you could. I always trained Chihuahuas. I've trained German Shepherd. I've trained Doberman Pitbull. At the age of eight years old, I knew how to train a dog. I never knew you could train a pit bull. I thought it was just fight, 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 bite, bite, bite. That's, that's it. His, his locking mechanism was amazing. You think if he locks on, all you can do is right. hang on a tire, hang, hang right. on a stick. It's a whole culture yep. of violence that, that that they're raised in. So, so how, how? I mean, that's the that's the thing that I don't. The get. children. What does it how do, do you to love children them? to desensitize them to this uh, suffering? How do you, yeah. How do you love something and? Same right. time you want to see well, and we want to make sure our listeners understand, Anthony, right, that you're you're now part of the HSUS and dog ca- fighting campaign uh, in Chicago, um, and you're one of the key people who goes around trying to identify the youth that's most at risk on the streets of being involved in this kind of activity to try to um, try to get them to to change their ways and and learn confidence and better dog handling skills and better relationships with their dogs, right? Yes. 
And how how do how do you guys do that? I we, we walk the neighborhood, drive the neighborhood. I have my own. We have a van that's um, given to us by the ATSUS. Um, he manages our United States. Um, we we walk, we drive, we see these little guys with these puppies. We try to catch them at pups. We even got older guys who still don't know that it's, they know it's wrong. But they just, some guys there's no money in it anymore. Some guys still try to fight these dogs. But once you we we, we walk by example. We walk through the neighborhood. We have our own dogs with us. I have a pretty, I have a big uh, male pit bull by the name of um, Nino, and he's amazing. To see a pit bull sit, stay, come, these guys can't even get their dog to stop pulling them down the street. If we can show them that this dog can heal, the dog can sit and stay, a pit bull, and even they come to class and see these, see ten pit bulls in the room. You can't have two pit bulls in the same room. Got some eyeballing and barking and growling. We have ten to twenty pit bulls in the same room. You don't hear a bark. So when, when we set by example, let these guys see that these dogs can be trained just like a, a Labrador, a Retriever, a Chihuahua. So it, 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 it gives them a chance of new life on these three. So you try to convince people. You don't call the cops on them, right? You go around with your van and you try to convince people that you know are into dog fighting that this is the wrong thing to do, right? Is that That's how you try to fix them? Yes, and it's a hard sale. Trust me, some guys still make money off selling these pups. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. They try to make money out of selling these pups. Right. But you might have some. You might have a guy have a, a, a female and a male dog, and someone tell him, "Ooh, oh, you got any pups? Because you look good." Okay. The next month, he go mate him with another dog, and he tell his guy, "Okay, I have pups coming in. Um, it only takes six three days for a dog to have pups, and he, he have pups. And um, then it's, it's the sixty fourth day, you got the pups. So he, oh yeah, I want one. Give me how much you want. I mean, I'm hundred fifty to five hundred dollars. Right. So he, you, so you we talk to him. You talk to him and you convince him how bad it is. You know, a week goes by. He's got these pups. He needs money. He's short. He's got no job. And what's he going to do? He's going to take the pup and he's going to sell it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think, Anthony? You've been in this thing. You know the crowd that hangs out and does this stuff. Is there any way for for HSUS or for our society to stop dog fighting, or is it just going to happen no matter what we do? We can we can slim the art of it, of it to keep going on. It's a hard fight, but in my heart, I believe it can be done. I mean, if, if if these if you have more responsible owners, it's just like the guy having a gun. The gun don't get up and shoot anyone on his own. You got to have these responsible owners, these guys who know how to handle these dogs, and convince the world, the nation, that these dogs are not as bad as they that, that they've been mm. after being bred, after the bad reputation that they have. It's very, it's not true. It's very. You can see if you come in my house, you will you will see a lovely pit bull that wants to sit, even though he's almost eighty, eighty five pounds. He wants to sit in your lap. Mm. Yeah. What What happened on the street with the Vic thing? I mean, what was the attitude uh, during the Vic thing break in and then afterwards? What 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 happened to the people on the street when they saw what Vic went through? The people on the street were some nays and some yays. You had some guys like, oh, it wasn't worth it. Everybody fight dogs. I'm going to try it myself. Then you had some guys like, wow, man, that could happen to me. And see, we use Michael Vick as a as a spokesman, but we also we use ourselves as more spokesmen because we are out here on the ground touching these people and talking to these people that they can reach out and touch me any day. They can knock on my door, and I let them know I did the same thing. Fortunately, I didn't get caught, but yes, you So will. some people got scared. Yeah, some people got scared. So, and other people said Vic just screwed up because he got caught. He got caught. I can I, I can do this. He don't know. Vic didn't know what he was doing. I'm still doing this. You know, some guys are still had a hit in their backyard, in their basement, still getting away with it. And wow. You get, and wow. we still have guys that we still talk to that still doing it, but they're not making the money. They're just, most of them making money off breeding the dogs. And when you, you give these dogs to the irresponsible owner, it starts to cycle all over again. So it's a hard fight.
I got you, buddy. I got you, brother. Thank you very much, Anthony, for joining uh, joining us. Anthony, you were a bit, you were a great guest, and uh, I'm so happy to hear your story and your your story of redemption. It gives us hope. It gives us something to look forward to. Thank you. Keep the good Keep fight up going. Your efforts. Yeah, Thanks. it's a tough fight. They're buddy. moving on to Philadelphia next. Yeah, it's worth yeah. The, it's worth winning this fight, buddy. So go yes. go and do your good deeds, my friend. Okay, thank you for having me. Thank my you, pleasure. Anthony. Thank you for joining right. us. And we'll be back. We'll be back with this heart-wrenching topic in it. Wow. That was something. Listen to Anthony talk about his experiences and what motivates people. We're going to go in a different direction now. We're going to bring on the phone with us Lady Van Cavage, Senior Legislative Attorney for Best Friends Animal Society. And without further ado, I want to put Lady back on. Lady, are you there with us? I am, Alex. Good morning, Alex and Brenda. How are you guys doing? <laughs> hey, Good morning. Lady, you are definitely a glutton for punishment. <laughs> Okay. I am. Well, you guys are so much fun to be with in the morning. I'm not sure this is a fun topic, lady, but we're going to do our best. Okay, cool. And, and you know what I love about the fact that you're on this time, this uh-huh. week, after last week? I kept calling you Letty, and you still agreed to come on the show this week. So well, I got it right. Hats off, I've been grilling know? him all week, lady. I, I answer to anything. <laughs> we're going to do a, a, a weekly lady's corner, I think, and have you back in the morning. <laughs> Now you guys are being cruel and inhumane. No, 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 not at all. So this this is is a tough topic we're trying to tackle today. Yeah. did you hear Anthony Pickett's uh, interview just a little while ago? Were you Were you listening? I I, I was not. I apologize. He's an uh, you know a, a amazing man who uh, was formerly involved in dog fighting in Chicago and is now part of the HSUS and uh, dog fighting. Oh campaign. yeah, I, I've heard Anthony speak before. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, For ten years. It's he was really a, he it's was just you know t- trying to understand the psychology uh, of the individuals who get involved. Um, you know, it, I think is such an important part of trying to um, uh, understand this and and do something about it. Let me let me ask you this, uh, Lady. What happens to the dogs that are seized from dog fighting? Uh, can they be rehabilitated? What's your experience well, on that? Well, sure, and a lot. You know, some um, really don't even need rehabilitation. Like we found in the Michael Vick case, some of the dogs that went to um, bad rap, especially, they were you know pretty good right from the get go. They needed some house training, but they really didn't need rehabilitation. I mean, little Johnny Justice. Hector, you know, um, they were good, solid dogs from the get-go. Isn't that an amazing testament to, to those Tell us dogs. about the Michael Vick case, because you guys were seriously involved in that whole whole episode. Took right? a whole lot of their dogs, right? Yeah, you know, um, Best Friends has, well, we got 22 of the um, Michael Vick dogs. They were the of the most shut down, the one, uh, mm-hmm. those came to the Best Friends. So um, of those, six have been adopted. And That's they're great. doing very well. They live in homes with, you know, some live with cats, some live with other dogs, you know, um, and they're doing very, very well. But, again, the dogs we got were extremely shy, extremely shut down, and, and they did need rehabilitation. Now, define for our audience what shutdown means. In- um, they just wanted to go away. They would, you know, they would go flat when you would, you know, come near them. They would not have eye contact with you. They just wanted to disappear because they thought they were going to be horrible. Horribly abused. Right. You know, they but, just they they you know they're kind of they were kind of like um, dogs sometimes from a hoarder case or a puppy mill. Extremely extremely shy. Um, just didn't want any contact with anybody at all. Wait, wait, 
Lady, let me get this straight. So you took 22 of the dogs from the Vic case, okay? Yes. And these are abused dogs, obviously, maligned, abused dogs. And you're telling me that instead of what I would have just presupposed would be that they would be vicious. They would be so vicious that you'd have to lock them up in a cage. But we're tell- you're telling me the exact opposite. You're telling me that these dogs were so um, hit over the head to such a degree that all they wanted to do was be away from society. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's, that is the case. In the Michael Vick case, only one dog was so, um, you know, was so damaged that it had to be euthanized because of its temperament. Um, you know, so the rest of the dogs actually are doing pretty darn well, you know, with six of them being adopted. Um, and, and we've seen that victims of cruelty deserve a chance. The cool thing is, is next week in Atlanta, the American Bar Association is considering a resolution that all victims of cruelty, um, whether they're seized from hoarding situations, um, fight bus, um, are, um, are hoarding situations, puppy mills, get a chance. They're all evaluated behaviorally, they're all treated humanely, and they and that they're adopted out. You mentioned that last week, and that that's great news, because prior to um, the, the exposure that the Vic case brought to this issue, um, generally the protocol was just to kill all the dogs that they seized, right? Exactly. And, yeah. and you know, in what other crime do you kill the victims? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and these, these poor dogs suffer, you know, such serious emotional and psychological trauma, much like children of abuse. And uh, the fact that, I mean, I think it's an amazing testament to these animals that, that they can be um, rehabilitated. Well, I, and that, I think and that Best ama- Friends was intru- instrumental in that. It's counterintuitive that, you know, you say, here's, here's an animal that's gone through dogfighting and is in pieces, you know? And you'd figure that this dog is so angry, so vicious, that anything near it is going to bite, you know? And you find out exactly, Lady's telling us that it's exactly the opposite. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. All dogs are individuals and should be judged as individuals. Right. Absolutely. But there are some states, Alex that don't allow you to do that. One such state is New Jersey. In New Jersey, um, any dog seized from a fighting bust is automatically deemed vicious. You're kidding. No, in New Jersey, it's it's inherently unfair. And Best Friends is is hoping that the New Jersey legislature will change that law. We actually are working in Florida now. We've got a a bill introduced um, to change the stigma of fight bust dogs down there. In Florida, they're deemed dangerous. And so we got um, Representative Luis Garcia um, to introduce House Bill 4075 in Florida. It'll come up for a hearing in two weeks to get the dangerous stigma taken off of dogs seized from fighting yards. Wow, you guys are doing some great work. I Really, I mean, would you mind just keeping us up to date on some of these movements so we can keep the audience up to date? Oh, sure. No, not, not a problem. Not a problem at all. But, yeah, there are 13 states that discriminate against victims of cruelty in that way. Uh, well, they, they discriminate against the victim. Against yeah. the victim. Yeah. Right. They discriminate We're hoping the... they discriminate against the perpetrators of yes. the crime. Yes, oh, of course. I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm still not awake. <laughs> no, you said it right. Al- I think Alex just wasn't, wasn't tuned in there for a minute. Yeah. L- let me ask you the other, the corollary to that question. Can the dogfighter ever be rehabilitated? Well, you know, I do believe in second chances. Um, I hope that people can um, once they've paid their debt to society. But... Again, it depends on the individual. I mean, and as you saw, as your previous guest who was on, I mean, it right. seems like he's pretty well rehabilitated and now helping the dog. Well, and, and, and spent uh, many, many years uh, trying to redeem mm-hmm. himself. Yeah, but he, think, also yeah. Said, he also said something uh, interesting at the end of the interview. I said, How is, how's your success rate going? And he said, it's a tough fight, Alex. It's a tough, tough fight. Yeah. Because 
Well, until you can replace the profit on the professional side and the se- sense of identity and you know m- manhood and self worth that's coming from the street fighters in some other way, this is just you know and the money that's coming from from selling the puppies. Uh, this is, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's almost you, overwhelming. Lady, if you were the judge and jury, what would be the, the appropriate punishment for a dog fighter? Um, it would be incarceration, and it would be um, not owning a, another pet for, you know, especially a dog, for a very, very, very long time. Yeah, how about the rest of your life? Um, you know, that... That's a long that, time? Yeah, yeah that, is a, that is a long time, at least for 10 years, you know, tw- yeah. you know maybe 15 years. But, and, and I, you, what know, is, cause, you know, pets, we really do love them. And, uh, you know, if, if they're rehabilitated, I, you know, I'm loath to, do, you know, to say no one can ever own a dog or a right. cat, you know, for the rest of their life. But when you make a conscious decision to torture another being for fun and profit, you know, some people say you've crossed the line that you... That uh, you can't. Come yeah, back you know, and, and it depends on if you, you know, if you're a sociopath or if you really can be rehabilitated. Yeah. You know? what, what are the typical punishments that that they get now in the court system? Um, it, it simply depends on the state. Um, you know, in in some states, you know, the, the judges give them very very little. Um, you know, time. No like, jail time. Well, um, in some cases, it's unfortunate, but yeah, but then others, they get, you know, five, ten years. So it, it, it just, you know... It, five, it's ten a, years jail time. Yeah. Michael wow. Vick got about a year and a half, didn't he? Yeah, 18 months, I think he was in. So. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know, what was the monetary penalty in his case? Um, the monet- Well, he did have to sacrifice. He gave $900,000 um, for the, you know, the care of his dogs to the organizations that, that took them. Hopefully some of that went to Best Friends. Yeah, some of it went to Best Friends. Some went to bad rap, and some other. of those dogs are going to need lifetime sanctuary, right? Yeah. Well, in, in two of the cases, like um, uh, Lucas, Michael Vick's grand champion, is at best friends, and the court for um, basically said he could never be adopted out. But he's he's like extremely friendly. He's in the offices, you know, the, yeah. the administrative offices twice a week, you know, hanging out there with everybody. Some of the images, and, and and you know, if you we have some resources posted on our website. I'm saying this mostly for the listeners, leading not for you, but okay. Um, but uh, we have a whole bunch of resources. Posted Posted on the website, but even you just do a Google on dogfighting, and you get you know all kinds of the uh, organizations that are that are working to combat it. And the videos and images are so heart wrenching. But some of the things that touch me the most are the images of the dogs who have been rehabilitated, the former ones like the Vic dogs, yeah. the ones who are at best friends, and you see them with just staring lovingly at their you know at their new owners, and the amount of love and and caring that those dogs have, and the trust. What can, uh, Lydia, what can the communities do to get rid of the dog fighting? I mean, this has to be sort of a f- family effort. I don't think it's going to be an individual effort. No, it, it, it does take a village, Alex. And, and we're going to have to make sure that people, you know, um, you know, do call when they suspect dog fighting. And we need to make sure that the police take it seriously and the prosecutors take it seriously and enforce the laws. Um, in Illinois last year, Best Friends and the Cook County Sheriff's Department um, led a drive. There was a, a, a horrible um, fighting incident where the uh, Cook County Sheriff's Department went in, and they found um, 13 fighting dogs at a daycare center. Oh, jeez. And so, um, basically... I guess um, they thought that was a good cover, huh? Yeah, I, I guess they did, you know, but I can't imagine a daycare center. So, so basically what happened is the... Um, uh, you know, we, we got together with the sheriff and decided that Illinois has very good laws 
Um, however, we don't have, you know, like there's drug-free zones. If you're caught with drugs near a school, mm-hmm. you get an enhanced penalty. Right. We made dog-fighting-free zones. So although dog-fighting is a felony in the state of Illinois, it is an enhanced felony, you know, if you are caught fighting dogs in a, you know, within a thousand yards of a park, a school, a daycare center. So basically, you know, it, it covers a lot of ground. So we mm. wanted to make sure the people who did that, you know, got even more jail time. Is, is, is punishment the way out of this box? Can we just increase the punishment and will it go away? I, well, you know, it needs to be punishment, enforcement, and people to change, you know, to, to start really caring about companion animals. You know, it, it, it's, it's basically as we move to become a more compassionate society, mm-hmm. which I hope we are, um, I think it will stop. But if the latter is not there, especially in the inner cities where this is prevalent, yeah. I mean, you know, we live in Westchester County. It's not really happening all that much. But in the inner cities where it's prevalent, if you just increase the punishment, what do you think? Will it will it deter? Will it stop? Well, if people are getting arrested, you yeah. know, it, mm-hmm. it, it, I, I think it will help a lot. But authorities have a very difficult time, even though this is a felony, it, uh, it, the authorities have a really difficult time catching the people that are involved. They do, and that's why, to be quite honest, HSUS has done a very, very good job with their um, their $5,000 reward mm-hmm. right. because that gives an economic incentive on the um, the other end. Right, and yeah. some people yeah. say, I mean, part of their success is being able to put people on the street who understand, like Anthony Pickett, who is a former dogfighter himself. Yeah. And that's a controversial thing, you know, using former dogfighters in, in, in that fight, but... Um, well... Lita, give, no. us, give us a report card, okay, in your opinion, since you're so heavily involved in the subject. Over the last five years, okay, let's just limit it to five years, has dogfighting in America increased, decreased, or stayed about, about the same? I think, actually, it's decreasing because of all the huge busts. You know, we've had um, the Missouri bust where, um, you know, involved eight states. Um, 500 dogs were seized. I adopted my little karma carn from the fight bust. She was a little ex-fighter, and, you know, and she's a great dog now. Really? But I think because of these huge busts that we see going on across the nation, uh, you know, a lot because of the, the, the tip line, um, I think it really is starting to decrease finally. So we're making a dent in it. I think we are. I definitely think we are. And are, are the police a part of the problem or, or a part of the solution? Oh, I think they're definitely part of a solution. But again, I think a lot of them don't, um, I think a lot of them aren't trained in what to do with um, dog fighters, you know, are the dogs seized in cruelty cases. And I think that's where we need to step up the laws. Do you find, uh, find a lot of, uh, you know, finger pointing between humane associations and, and the police in terms of whose responsibility it is? Yeah, well, and, and, you know, in New York, it's a little bit different because the ASPCA has the HLE agents, mm-hmm. and SPCAs are allowed to have HLE agents who can arrest. Um, however, you know, in most states, that's not the case. So in most states, we really do need the police trained. And unfortunately, in many places, um, police aren't trained, even in the animal cruelty laws. So we need to somehow get laws passed mandating training in cruelty laws and, um, you know, cracking down on dog fighters um, in police academies throughout the land. What about the prosecutors? I mean, they're very busy. As you know, they have a zillion different people coming at them and saying, prosecute this crime, that crime. Do they take it seriously enough? Um, it, again, it depends on the individual. Some prosecutors rock and have gotten great sentences for it. You know, others, you know, they don't want to be bothered. You know, they, um, you know, they, they think it's, it's, you know, oh, it's just a dog. 
You know, they were yeah. just doing it for fun. Right. And so it, a lot is, is, you know, Alex, you're right, a lot is training the, the, um, the prosecutors that this is a blood sport. This is cruelty. These dogs are victims, and we need justice for them. Because if the prosecutor, correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, but if the prosecutor does not take the case on, and prosecuted the police that sends a message to the police that are doing the arresting that they're not interested at the higher levels so therefore why bother correct correct i mean we uh, we had a case here in illinois in one county where there was a huge cockfighting bust and um like 160 people were were arrested and the prosecutors did nothing they let the case go I mean, it was just, it was, you know, and the police were rightly outraged about that. Right. And then the next time around, the police say, what the hell? What are we bothering for? Exactly. We're going to go through the whole... Exactly. And I don't blame them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... there, are, there are lots of other animals that are involved in fighting all across the country, which, of course, we're, you know, well, and focusing I, on do, today, but... Yeah, Brenda, I do think that um, that if we stop, you know, I mean, the, the, the advent of teaching more animal law courses in law schools now mm-hmm. um, are, are making um, more young students aware of that. And when they come out and become prosecutors, I think we're going to see more prosecutions. You guys are doing such a terrific – this is one case where it seems like all of the animal rights organizations, the powers that be out there, are, uh, all are aligned. All their interests are aligned in the same perspective. Yeah, um, I, I think they are as far as getting the abusers, um, you know, jail time and prosecuting them. And um, But there are still some humane organizations that um, want to criminalize the victims and think they all should be killed. Well, tell us about that. Who? who? Extremely unfortunate. Well, it, it's my understanding that PETA still has that stance. Tell, tell us about that. That's ridiculous. Would you mind t- telling us a little bit about what you know? Because this is something I don't know about. Um, well, uh, you know, in the Vic case, um, at that time, HSUS and PETA thought that all the dogs should be euthanized. And since the Vic case, HSUS has, has done wonderful things. They've, you know, they've researched it. They found, no, the dogs can be, you know, they, they can be saved. They're individuals. And they've totally changed their stance. But at the it, time, there were a couple organizations who thought they should all be killed. Yeah, I mean, and the, the two big organizations that thought the Vic dogs should be killed at the time were HSUS and PETA. HSUS has changed their mind. PETA has not. You know, PETA still thinks, you know, PETA thinks um, breed discriminatory laws are a good thing, too. You know, so it's just, it's kind of crazy, you know, if you're an animal organization and you think dogs should be, you know, um, killed or, you know, outlawed simply because of their appearance. It's, it's kind of... How do they defend it, Lee? Um, you know, I, I've gone on debates with them numerous times, and I, I still don't get their reasoning. They're, actually, they think that they are protecting the dogs. Like, it's, it's better off for the dogs to be... It's know, the better get, off dead analogy, isn't it? Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can only take that so far, right? You guys have real examples. It's 22 dogs that were in horrible, horrible shape. Yes. You said six of them already adopted. The rest of them are not vicious at all. They're hanging around your offices. They're, they're, you're taking them. You adopted a, a dog-fighting dog. I mean, this is real examples. How do they you know, stay with their perspective, this crazy position, when you have real-life examples that they're wrong? I, re- I really don't know. And we're hoping that they you know, see the light like HSUS did and change because, again, the dogs are the victims here, and we need to speak out for the victims. No kidding. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. We're trying to do that, and thank you Good. for helping thank us you. do that. Lady, you're a terrific spokesperson. I did not screw up once, I want you to know. <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed. T- 
You know, and, and again, I did. So, you know, I apologize. <laughs> and thank you for adopting so, one of the former dogfighting dogs. Oh, she, she's a love. In fact, you probably heard her barking in the background. Yes, yes, we did. It was great effect for the show. Thank you. <laughs> for a second, I thought it was Brenda. <laughs> well, and no, I was, was like, was wow, Brenda. Karma, and she wanted to get her two cents in about fight bus dogs that there can't be go. rehabilitated. <laughs> what, what's your time zone today? Um, actually, I'm still in central time, so... But I'm testifying, this is exciting, in Ohio on Wednesday, um, they're trying to repeal, Ohio is the only state that deems all pit bull type dogs as vicious, and the hearing is um, Wednesday to repeal that. So I'll be in in Ohio. Wow, congratulations. So we're expecting little emails from you, just telling us what's going on, like, uh, you know, with with the legislation especially, including Missouri. Especially, you know, with the fight bus dogs and and the, you know, and the breed discriminatory laws. Or you could just follow the Best Friends website. Yeah, well, perfect. I'll try to do that. Anything going on in Missouri as the last step? Um, well, Missouri, all the Proposition B stuff, you yeah. know, which is pretty bizarre. Anything happened over the last week? Um, you know, there's been some hearings going on, but I'm more akin to the, uh, or tuned into the, uh, the, the pit bull stuff than the puppy right. mill stuff. Right. Alex but is they- all fired up over the, over Missouri because he's just outraged over the fact that, uh, you know, this, the citizens of that state, uh, voted in and now the legislators are decided in their infinite wisdom that they're going to try to override Yeah, I don't get that about democracy. You know what? I got to read a new book. I know, you know, I know. Well, that's you know, it, it's ridiculous. Um, but that's that is what is happening. Um, I think one of the bills made it out of committee, um, but it has neither. You know, none of the bills have passed um, either chamber yet. But it made it out of committee. It made it out of committee. Yeah, not good. All right, Lady, thank you so much. I'm going to let you go back to sleep now. Thank you, and you guys have a great day. Okay. Thank you again. You too. Thanks, okay. Lady. Talk to Bye. you soon. Bye bye. Wow. That's something, yeah. yeah. What a, what a subject to take on. I, you know what? I want some soft subjects the next couple of times. Yeah. I can't handle these, you know, dog fighting, you know, pit bull hey, being this killed. This is the world. Oh this my is the god! World of let's dogs, take yeah. let's take a break so I can catch my breath. When we first started thinking about dogs in danger, we had one overriding thought. Millions of innocent dogs were being killed in shelters each year in this country. And we realized there was no way for the public to know which dogs were going to die and when. That's when the light bulb went on. So we created DogsIndanger.com, where every dog gets a last chance at life. The good public embraced the idea, and more than 45,000 dogs are alive today, bringing joy to families everywhere. In today's economy, it's hard for anyone to part with their money. But Dogs in Danger needs your help to keep saving lives. If you believe, like we do, that needless killing is morally wrong, then do something about it. Please go to DogsIndanger.com and make a tax-deductible donation. Just $18 a month will help us continue our life-saving mission. Donate to DogsIndanger.com and do something good for your soul. Gain a body, save a life. DogsIndanger.com Welcome back. And uh, as you all know, every week we talk about uh, one dog. We highlight one dog from the Dogs in Danger website to try to give them a little added uh, adoption exposure, get them a little added help. And today's dog, which is also available on uh, our website, is Isis in Americus, Georgia. And yes, these dogs are going to be all over the country because the shelters that Dogs in Danger represents are all over the country. And Isis is uh, about a six-month-old. They're calling her a husky mix. And she's in Americus, Georgia at the Sumter Humane Society. And uh, she's absolutely adorable. And uh, they have her pictured on the couch here, just all sprawled out. What kind of dog is All sprawled out on the couch. They have her listed as a husky mix, some kind of uh, spitz breed in her. She looks like she might have some. Let me see the picture. She's very cute. And so um, if, oh, you can, if you can help, there are volunteers who do transport. Um, some shelters do out-of-state adoptions. Others do not. Um, you can call. Alex took my paper, so let's see. What's the phone number here? 
229-924-0268. There's also an email address. So if you go to the Dogs in Danger website and go to the Radio Hour page, you'll find her. You can also just search on Georgia and you'll find her. So if you have it in your heart to either adopt, rescue, or foster, uh, please a beautiful give, dog. give that shelter. Yeah, a she's absolutely beautiful dogs. The dog's name is Isis, and we expect that the dog will be adopted by one of you kind souls out there. Yeah. Um, Thousands of dogs waiting at any given time, and we just try to give one a little extra help every week. Yeah. If you really want your stomach turned, go to dogsindanger.com and look at all the dogs waiting for somebody to save them. Yeah. But that's uh, that's the story of a dog's life. That's what they say, right? And today's show is just about over, and thank God, because I I could not take much more of this. You know, listening to Anthony and talking about how he... Loved his dog but so much. But both of those organizations are doing great work, really, at trying to combat this very complex issue. I don't even get it. You know, I, I really don't yeah. get it. I guess it's a part of the gladiator thing. You know, the, you know human beings have always um, enjoyed watching the blood of others be spurted out in front of them, you know, for their entertainment. And uh, they Well, there's a lot with, going uh, on here. I mean, some of it, it's a lucrative business. And for others, it's, you know, some sort of outlet for their violent or antisocial behavior. And then you get all these spectators who are just waging gambling, brutal gambling. Well, I mean, spectators, that goes back to Roman days. You know, they used to, they used to put out the, you know, remember the old if days of the Christians? we haven't progressed at all from the Roman days... Well, we have progressed a long way, but now we haven't gone the whole way, okay? A long way is not the whole way. So they used to put the Christians out there and let the lions come out with uh, absolutely no weapons and the lions and watch them tear them up. I mean, how far is that from watching your dog get torn up by another dog, you know? And, and let me tell you something. What really shocks me is this, okay? And this is going to be the last word that we're going to be able to say. What shocks me when I asked Anthony, did you love your dog? He said, he yes. said yes. It's complex relationship so, going on there. Next, next week, week, we're going to be talking about media responsibility. In a whole bunch of stuff. Not just yeah. dog fighting, but the media responsibility in this cause that we're all involved in, which is thinking of animals as our best friends. With those words, we're going to sign off here and go get some breakfast. <laughs> Back next week. <laughs> Back next week. See you, folks. Bye.